Hi, everybody. This is Jay. And this is Mark. And we'd like to welcome you to Backstage Pass. Each week, we take you behind the magic and inside Disney history, pulling back the curtains and letting you see the Disney magic and history up close. With an eclectic mix of entertaining topics, humor, and tons of information and details, we want to keep you learning and smiling. So for this week, here is your Backstage Pass. Good evening and welcome. We've gathered here tonight around this fireplace as people of all lands have gathered for thousands and thousands of years before us to share the light and to share a story. A story as old as this resort itself, but still being written. And though each of us has our own individual stories to tell, a true adventure emerges when we bring them all together as one. I hope you enjoy our story tonight, The Legend of the Wilderness Lodge. Sorry, a fireplace ember caught on my sleeve. So pull up a rocking chair and listen to an amazing story. It was 1852 and Georgie McGregor rode into the tranquil forest of Silver Creek Springs. The sun was glistening through the pine boughs and the creek itself shimmered. I got saddle sores on my saddle sores, Fleabag. I tell you, that there creek is a sight for my poor eyes. Look at the way she shimmers. That's silver if I ever did see it. Silver, I tell you. That creek is gonna make me a rich, rich man, Fleabag. Yeehaw! <laughs> Look at here! <laughs> Sir, get out of the water with your hands up. This is an agent of the Silver Creek Pollution Control Agency. We've got a major water contamination. Set up a containment protocol. I guess I was a bit on the dusty side. Georgie McGregor was convinced that Silver Springs had a rich silver vein just waiting to be found, and he was the man to do it. He soon found out that near the creek was a beautiful lodge owned by Genevieve Moreland, daughter of Colonel Ezekiel Moreland, who had discovered this valley years before. Colonel Moreland was a hardened veteran of the War of 1812. He had read some of the accounts of Lewis and Clark and was intrigued by their discoveries in the western frontier. After his wife died, he decided to gather a group of his own and set out to make his own discoveries in 1823. But disaster struck only eight miles from the starting point, when a massive herd of buffalo destroyed virtually all of their provisions, they limped back to St. Louis, and all but Moreland gave up on the expedition. In a letter to his daughter Genevieve, he wrote, I take to the wilderness alone. 
The good earth will provide me with everything I need to survive. I have my gun, I have my courage, and I have my determination. What need I of anything else, especially of cowardly scoundrels who turn ashen in the face of the smallest adversity? I will continue, though I have been stung by bees, attacked by wolves, trampled under the buffalo, fallen off my horse, got food poisoning from the jerky we brought along, got some kind of rash, shot myself accidentally, was attacked by a bear, got scurried. For two years, Moreland braved the untamed wilderness when he emerged and called for his daughter Genevieve to join him. The colonel's luck had changed, and now he was a rich man, loaded with animal furs he had collected on his journey. Genevieve, a young art curator, took a leave of absence and set out for St. Louis, where her father was waiting. Joining her as a traveling companion was a young Austrian artist, Alonzo Gustav, who desired to capture in painting the new frontier he had been hearing so much about. According to the Silver Creek Star newspaper, Using the small fortune her father had raised from the fur trade, they brought out a crew of men from St. Louis and had a small lodge built near the freshwater spring. Jenny would remain in Silver Creek Springs for the remainder of her life. She established a preservation area in her father's honor where others could enjoy the natural beauty of the wilderness. The Wilderness Lodge welcomed artists, scientists, and nature lovers of all kinds over the years. As the number of visitors grew, the lodge expanded to accommodate them. Eventually, they added rooms that grew around the spring, making it a part of the Wilderness Lodge. And that was when old Georgie McGregor entered the picture. He was a smart old cuss, and he knew that the people of this area might not take kindly to a prospector who wanted to tear up their beautiful valley. So Georgie thought up a plan. And what exactly do you do, Mr. McGregor? <laughs> Me? I'm a cook. That's right, a cook. Really? We could use a man of your talent here at the lodge. We've become quite a little tourist destination for artists who are seeking to paint the untamed wilderness. She offered him a room in the lodge in exchange for his services as cook. Well, I accept, ma'am. You won't be sorry. Now, Miss Jenny, if I can be so bold as to make a suggestion, I reckon the best place for me to set up my kitchen is yonder by that there stream. That way, I won't bother any of your guests, and I'll be closer to the trout. I can clean the pans easier that way, too. Ah, Genevieve obliged, especially since Georgie had a certain air about him, if you know what I mean. But she was blissfully unaware that Georgie's real goal was to find that silver vein he just knew was by that creek. Well, Georgie set up camp down by the creek and began to make meals for the guests. And that was when some trouble set in. It seemed Georgie wasn't a very good cook, and the guests started to complain. <clears throat> my good lady, this vile and tasteless meat is an assault upon my palate. I shan't stand for it. While Jenny was beside herself, she hiked down the trail toward Georgie's camp, and she discovered cooking pans filled with water and silt from the stream, and old Georgie shooting trout point-blank with his Hawken pistol. She quickly hired a new cook, a former army sergeant, in hopes of dissuading McGregor from his hopeless endeavors. But it didn't. No, in fact, things even got a little more, shall we say, explosive. The Silver Creek Star said, 
On a supply run to the trading post for cooking utensils and fishing gear, Georgie returned with two crates. He took one to the kitchen and the other he carried off to his cabin. Old Georgie was cooking up one last plan to uncover his fortune. The next morning, Old Georgie doggedly served breakfast and slipped away quietly to his cabin. The guests were still gathered around the table discussing how much better the food tasted, when all of a sudden a tremendous explosion shook the very foundation of the lodge, knocking them to the floor. After collecting themselves, they scrambled down the stream in a panic. Where the stream once flowed gently over rocks was now a cavernous, smoldering hole deep in the earth. Old Georgie was nowhere in sight. His cabin was splintered and roofless. The group stood in silent amazement at the damage around them. A faint voice was heard from above. Old Georgie had blown himself 20 feet up a pine tree, black as tar and barely conscious. A box labeled dynamite stood under the tree. Well, that was the last time old Georgie ever looked for gold or silver. But the Wilderness Lodge flourished under the care of Miss Jenny, and it grew year after year. And that cratered pool old Georgie McGregor blew into the ground? Why, that serves as one of the fondest recreational pastimes here at the Lodge. Well, that's our story. So next time you're here at the Wilderness Lodge, and you're relaxing in the pool, take a moment and thank old Georgie McGregor. Because maybe that feeling you get here is worth its weight in gold, after all. <laughs> Eureka! I'm a rich man! I knew I'd find it, I tell you! If you would like to check out our source information for this topic or have questions or comments, please join us on the Inside the Magic forums. We love to hear from you. This is Jay. And this is Mark saying we'll see you next time backstage. <laughs>